Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today's Best Served Podcast 326. New thinking, always new thinking, you know, with Best Served. But today we're talking new thinking on restaurant worker engagement. Workplaces Worth Working, episode number 13. This is this is my whole focal point is we we really need to be thinking differently about every aspect from top to bottom of this industry, from the business model, from the financials, from the way that we invest in people, right? Wages, benefit, culture, education. This is the unlock that that we've been waiting for and needing. And now the restaurant industry has been exposed in many ways. And there's a lot of rebuilding happening, and it's going to be humans that are, are able to rebuild it. So trying to kindle the the spirit, the sense of belonging and purpose that is at the core, I think, is going to be what we need to get back to and then have really good models to support and infrastructure to support the people because, as always, we're in the relationship business. You know, I'm going to continue to talk about that again and again and again. So we're going to be talking to uh, Jordan Bush, uh, CEO of uh, Seven Shifts, good friend of the show, somebody who uh, really is is shifting our thinking a lot and we're bringing a lot of that thinking into the way that we're developing businesses with best served and we're going to talk to marvin kinney who's getting ready to to open you know and we all know in the industry that is uh, that is an exciting and terrifying time for any operator and so you know marvin wants to talk a little bit about what it's going to take for himself his his family his community and his workers to be able to thrive so Again, you guys know I like to ramble at the beginning of these, but uh, Marvin, let's bring you in here and uh, introduce you. Marvin Kinney, good to see you. Thank you for having me. I like it. You're 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 already thinking like a smart marketer and operator. You have your Our Town Pizza handle. So if you're listening at Our Town Pizza, go check them out on Instagram for sure. So I appreciate that. Smart move. And uh, we're going to need those little savvy moments from everybody who's looking to operate. All right. Uh, introduce uh, yourself a little bit. Tell us about your kind of background, your trajectory a little bit. And then let's hear a little bit about uh, Our Town Pizza. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been in the industry 28 years off and on. Uh, my first management job, I was 17. I'm 41 now. And um, I this is so I've opened restaurants before. This is going to be the first one that I personally own. Um, and it's been, uh, and a unique experience coming out of COVID, especially, um, and was this just, in the works before COVID? No, um, I actually quit my management job in the middle of COVID. Uh, there was, you know, obviously everyone had a lot of stress going on, uh, newly single dad and my hours wow. just became untenable to, you know, raise the family. And I ended up, um, unfortunately walking on my job it's the second job i ever quit and like that and i almost left the industry then i was looking at the spot that we are now currently in for that company that they ended up passing on and i just decided to fully commit to staying in the industry and went the other way i found an investor i wrote a business plan and just 
working on opening from there. Marvin, I like your story even more. We've interacted a little bit on, on social media and I like some of, you know, I like some of you just we're posting differently than kind of the mob mentality that you see in a lot of, you know, restaurant owner manager specific kind of Facebook groups. And, and so uh, that's why I wanted to have, have you on a, a couple of things to unpack there because your journey right now is the human experience of so many people in the industry, freshly out of the industry, long time out of the industry, right? You, you now have to make these adult decisions about life choices because we spent so much time kind of from 17, like you and I started at 17 years old, we kind of didn't know any different. And then life keeps hitting you and hitting you and coming at you. And you have to bob and weave and be a counterpuncher. It's one of the things that people in restaurants do really well. And then something like, and I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you sharing, you know, newly single dad. Now you're 41. Now a pandemic hits. Now you have to, you know, make the tough decision of saying, I got to get out of this environment, whatever that was for you. And to walk, I can tell the pain because you aren't one of those people that just walks on jobs that's frivolous about that. I can tell that about you. So there's a lot just in that little bit. And that's everything that we're trying to unpack. That's everything that we're trying to work on. So I, I appreciate you you putting that out there. What made you decide that it was worth going after in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of life coming at you, all these things? What, what was the catalyst for that decision? That's a big decision. Um, you know, I've been doing this a long time and it really came down to deciding to do it for myself and we've for years um mm. me and people in the industry have always talked about how this industry has been kind of broken and there was going to be a day of reckoning coming uh, obviously we didn't see it as a pandemic and the way it unfolded sure. but we knew that the idea of a in a lot of restaurants a room full of college educated people making you food for as close to fast food prices as you can was mm absolutely unsustainable and eating out's a luxury and we don't see it as that and I, in some ways that needs to change um we need to treat it as such we ourselves in the industry don't treat it as such um a lot of times and so if i'm going to change the industry and i want to be important for change i have to put myself out there in the same way i have to be the one to make it happen because i can't rely on other people to do it because that's just kind of uh, for lack of a better word, the coward's way out, you know? And so if I'm going to try and help this industry, I have to be as entrenched as possible. Marvin, that's, that's leadership. That's what that is. Putting yourself out there. Absolutely. And uh, want to try and get you some tools and some resources, some of the new thinking, but it was interesting. I, you know, we, we, we sometimes throw this up here, but when I think about what workplace is worth working, which is what we build, we're trying to build equitable, profitable, sustainable models, right? That sounds like a savvy business plan that right. give a shit about people. And it has to be rooted in that. It has right. to be entrenched deeply, deeply in that. And the commitment that you have to that is going to be so important. The challenges that you're going to face are unimaginable at this point because nobody could have imagined where we're at. And nobody, you know, I mentioned like I'm no longer an expert, right? Anybody who's an expert is selling you something. And and look, I have plenty of expertise, but like I'm just trying to create space for good people, good ideas, good actions to take place. Good, good, <laughs> for lack of uh, of a word that I am repeating entirely too much, and I'm babbling. Uh, it's important to have that space because that's what a restaurant potentially is. 
Like it's just creating a space for those relationships to happen. So stay focused on that. No matter what happens, Marvin, stay focused on that. That's going to be the key. All right, let's uh, let's bring in Jordan and uh, uh, introduce Jordan. Jordan, good to see you. Hey, good to see you again. Jordan, Marvin, Marvin, Jordan. Nice Marvin. to meet you. Good to meet good you. Connect, uh, the two of you. So Jordan, please. Uh, I know our audience familiar, obviously, but uh, give us a little... Uh, uh, a little insight into yourself and uh, and seven shifts uh, for anybody for sure. uh, tuning in for the first time. For sure. Uh, so I, I grew up working in uh, some quick service restaurants that my parents owned and and my grandparents also owned uh, some restaurants. So grew up working in them, had a ton of fun, uh, made some really great lifelong friends in them and um, and really saw when I was watching my dad try to manage his uh, multiple locations, trying trying to manage all the staffing and, and just availability and communication was just kind of a headache for him. And I saw him burn a lot of cycles doing that. So I taught myself how to write some code and built him something really small to help him manage that, which was really just kind of uploading a rudimentary Excel spreadsheet to begin with. And um, got to start, start somewhere. Yeah, you got to you got to iterate. So uh, over time, it became, it was always a side project and then eventually it uh, became a full-time job, which I'm super grateful to have. And now we've got a, about 20,000 restaurants using the product and it's not just me working on this product anymore. It's a team of about 160 people. So very feeling very fortunate to have been able to kind of scratch this itch for folks beyond my dad. And yeah, we're, we're focused a hundred percent on the industry only. We don't do retail, we don't do, you know, barber shops we don't do you know construction sites we do restaurants and so uh, everything we build and everything we we do is catered towards that and we, we actually hire a lot of folks from the industry um that have that background as well to kind of help support our customers as it relates to just getting onboarded and things like that that's good uh break down the employee life cycle a little bit i think important something that i think we kind of theoretically understand but the depth that that you guys go into it i think it's important so Employee life cycle, what is that? I think it'd be valuable for Marvin to kind of understand each of the touch points and interactions and how, how important they are to sustaining, you know, a, a workforce, a talented, committed workforce. Yeah, when I was working for my dad, I realized that I, I didn't realize how fortunate I was to work with a ton of people that I actually like really liked working with. And like, turns out we could actually do work. Like we weren't just, I mean, there's a little bit of goofing around, but like for the most part, we were friends that cared about doing good work and showing up and, and all that stuff. And so what I, I valued in, in that I kind of took with me longer term and thought about as we were building seven shifts was really like, how do you, how can we help manage that flow from the moment you walk into a restaurant as an employee? So the moment you are hired and onboarded, that employee is then trained, they're scheduled at a roughly a similar time. Then after they work their shifts, they're paid using a payroll company uh, typically. And then after, after that, they're effectively retained uh, and, and you try to engage them until they either quit or are terminated. So hiring, training, scheduling, paying, retaining is kind of like this mentality that, that we've always had internally of how can we have impact and, and help folks along that employee life cycle and along that journey to make the operator's life much more easy. So we, at, at the high level, we go really deep in the scheduling and communication piece, which is where we got our start. But we've since then, you know, branched out into the employee life cycle and, you know, hiring has been a big thing as of late um, that we've released our hiring product. Um, and uh, and our engaged product is something that we've always seen as kind of a unique differentiator within what we do. Um, it's just more so like after you get the folks in the door, which is the hiring part, assuming you get, you know, 
hopefully you get uh, some great people in and and how do you keep those people and how do you um keep a pulse on them and make sure they're happy and, and that they don't have one foot out the door because no one wants to be surprised um in that way yeah appreciate that so marvin this is this is such an important process that you need to like really understand and i'm always big on Taking the things that we historically do really well in the industry and deploy them against things historically that we do really poorly in the industry and the employee life cycle, we are garbage historically at every single phase of that process. And so understanding each individual interaction and how you create hospitality, how you invest in people and relationships, that's going to be fundamental. So you think about the hiring process and I want to just give you like a little example to kind of break through uh, the the proof within what we actually have historically done and are still doing today. The hiring process of hiring line cooks, 14 to $16 an hour based on experience, apply here, that's gone. Like you are not going to get 42 applicants to get your five to one to hire the three people that you need when that is the amount of effort that we're putting in. But that's what I see every single day within how much effort we're putting towards hiring people. The, the onboarding process. How often do you show up for your training shift? The person training you didn't even know that they were training you. And they basically just say, follow me around until everything's lit on fire. And then you'll know how to put out all the fires that are your job, right? How many times have you not filled out paperwork and then not even been on the first payroll because the manager who was supposed to do that was off for the next two days and then you were off for two days and then you never even got on payroll and you're scribbling it down somewhere on a napkin and and we wonder why then we can't hold people accountable to follow the recipe or this or that i can tell you why we have set the precedent of the expectation so this is and i, I and i see you like smirking and laughing about it because we've dealt with that I, i've even been guilty of that because you're so chummed up in the minutia of trying to get the next plate up or trying to get through the next service or trying to get over the last Yelp review that you get so chummed up in that. So being able to get a little perspective to that. So Marvin, we're hitting you with a lot right now. <laughs> <laughs> Want to take a deep breath for a second and everything Jordan and I are talking about right now, where do you feel like the most potential pain? Where, what keeps you up at night? Where do you want and need the most support within kind of this process, within the thinking or the tools and resources? Just, just uh, spitball with us for a minute. I mean, in regards to that, just just with basic onboarding, obviously we know that every employee we hire automatically costs us between three and six grand, just off the top. We waste so much money losing employees, not retaining employees, hiring employees for three days, and then running them out the door because we threw them into the fire. You know, um, we, we feed them to the wolves every staff. I mean, that, that's just the industry's been built this way. Um, you know, and onboarding though. Honestly, to the easiest thing as a manager, as an owner, is just making it simple. You know, the, yeah. the, the easier it is, the more apt I'm going to be able to do it, especially when I'm running a restaurant um, or training my managers to do it, however that goes. Um, and if we can, if you can simplify that process, make it easier, make sure the information is in from the get go. Uh, it's kind of a best foot forward thing. And it shows that you're put together, you know, the the optics of our industry inside and outside are so big that you need that first step, like you said, to look good. Because as people see that we don't have our stuff together, they're not going to invest in what we're doing. So if you can make that first step as easy as possible, it happens seamlessly. Suddenly, we look infinitesimally better than the last job they had. 
Yeah. How, how, what do you foresee being an issue with this? And maybe Jordan, I'll let you jump in and, and follow up question to this because that's the right answer. Yet that's not, and I think most people know that, yet that's not what actually happens in practice because we use this excuse of like, I'm just too busy. I got too many things to do. So that we're, we're passing on the responsibility and accountability for that process to happen. Then when we do finally catch up to paying attention to that employee, it's to bust their balls about messing up a, a dish or something. And they go, where have you been for the last three weeks when I've been trying to figure out how to survive in this business, big old air quotes, that you've set forth uh, the parameters for. So, you know, how can we shift that expectation of uh, like not having that excuse for time? I, I know you've dealt with that. Do you have anything that you've done? And, and Jordan, please jump in with anything because I know you see this at a high level uh, and, and are working through a lot of the tools. But Marvin, for you, you know, how, how do we actually address that? Uh, honestly, the best thing you can do is put a training program in place before you get there. Have something <laughs> that's written down, have something that has actual steps. Um, even if you do have that two days off as a manager, you know, whoever's training them then has a guide. Um, every restaurant should have an SOP written out. That's, you know, those take time. And I understand why people don't do them. Do um, you have an SOP that you're uh, happy I'm, with for your I'm onboarding on, Um When I ran the brewery back in the day, I had a 68-page SOP. So I'm working on one for the restaurant right now. Okay. Uh, until I, I, want you, I want you to share that because I want to, I want to, I want to work through that with you. I'm very interested in how we create processes because I think the systems that we create, if they're if they're meant to uplift people, create a massive opportunity. If they're just a soul-sucking, time-sucking uh, list of 68 pages, which we, we see sometimes, like there's, there's right. the challenge you mentioned because we don't like easy. We do like simple. Right? Yeah. And so I think there's something interesting there. Jordan, I know you deal with this all the time. What, what kind of are some of the things we need to be thinking about when we're talking about the ability to actually have something in place that allows Marvin to run his business, not be run by it? Yeah, some of the, I, I think that's a great idea. Like, I mean, training pro program Marvin already so many steps ahead of most people <laughs> just to say like hey we're gonna do a training program uh, which so kudos I think um, what we typically you know my ph philosophy and I, I don't think if this is specific to the restaurant industry I think you know most industries can benefit from this type of thinking like the reality is like the restaurant industry employs the highest number of teenagers out of any private industry mm -hmm. in the US so you know, the attention span, and I'm guilty uh, of, of a millennial, which I am, um, is very is very short. And we need, you know, quick consumable content that we can really digest easily. And a philosophy that I've always thought of, even when running our own businesses, is, is document the 20% that gets you at the 80%. Yeah. And so not having every single thing outlined, um, but just the core things and, and really reverting to, um, you know, if you have the right people, you know, they can figure out the rest for the most part, but that, that's also, that's kind of like, there's a step before that, which is like, how do you get the right people? And then there's, there's some, you know, ideas and thoughts I have around that. But I think from a, from a documentation perspective, um, that's kind of what we've subscribed to. And, and people typically are better at consuming under that philosophy, but also trying to make sure um, it's like, it, it's engaging through like videos and, um, and, and to the extent, and it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to pay for products. Like I've seen restaurant managers and, and maybe you have two Marvin where it's like, 
yeah, I've just seen some restaurant managers like upload a video that they just record on their phone and they're like, they just throw it in a Google drive or, you know, like, I, I guess I'm, I'm trying to think of low tech ways to kind of reach those, the simple solutions. Um, I know like we have our own product, but I'm like putting that aside. Cause like, it's not about that. It's about like how we think about these types of things. I, I like that you're coming at it though, from a content standpoint, we all, and, and look, millennials or Gen Z or Gen X, we all are on this, this phone for a good chunk of our day. And so we are all consuming content in multiple ways, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to communicate in the way that people communicate is a valuable tool. And so I think something that definitely I, I could see people investing more time in. I'm a big fan of the 80-20 rule as well. And what I like to do is I think of it like the layers of an onion, or I joke about want to know more. Like It's like, what are the things you need to know and then if you need to drill down on those things, there's every layer. You can go all the way down that rabbit hole, but creating the ability to have a snapshot, to be able to understand what the goal is, what the mission is, what part they play in it, and then be able to drill down in all the nuance allows for training. And so I see a lot of that. I see a lot of the ability to audit out of training, not, hey, you've worked at a restaurant before. You must know how to do all these things, which is why we throw people in the fire. Uh, too often, but actually being able to audit so that people feel like they are they're valued, their time is valued, and they're not just going to this through this rigmarole of like check all the boxes. Yet you want to make damn sure that they can check all the boxes and that you go through the process of checking those boxes. So I can definitely appreciate that. Uh, let's go to the let's 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 go back in time a little bit to the hiring process. You know, I mentioned just the horrible use of of job posts right now and how copy and paste and how uninspired they are. Right. And you talked about the five to one rule, five people to get one. And it's historically that because I think we have exposed the fact that we, we are just doing a cattle call. We're just saying, get as many bodies in here as it's going to take to find that one or two person versus investing the time to figure out what kind of person you're actually looking for. Because they're so nuanced. So, Jordan, I'm interested. How are you approaching that right now? What is coming to the forefront around ways to engage, to even get the right people in the room, to have the right conversation, to then onboard them and train them and schedule and pay them correctly? That that first step. Yeah, I think um, I really like um, yeah, Danny Myers kind of like thinking around this where it's like 90% is hiring, 10% is training. So like they front load a lot of the effort into the hiring process. And, um, you know, there's a, that quote of, you know, they look for folks with a high sense of HQ hospitality quotient. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, and, and again, this is business. This is just business. It's not restaurant specific. It's like, we spent a lot of time early days at seven shifts, um, you know, hiring and we had to grow fast and like, you know, people we grew out of them or they grew out of us and we had to part ways and, you know, like, what we found the most helpful was like, hold on a second, like before we go any further, what are our values and how do we hire based on them for our business? And what we found is um, the exercise we did, um, to, and I, we can chat after Marvin, if it's helpful, I know we don't have a ton of time on this call to like um, dig in, but we just did an exercise of like, hey, if we could clone so-and-so, like, or like if we, who would we clone if we could clone our workers? And we picked like a few of them. And we just said, like, we whiteboarded all the traits that they had that we thought were just phenomenal. And we said, OK, let's pick like let's all vote on them and like let's pick the three or four top ones and make them action based. 
And so, um, and we kind of like refine them a little bit. And then we basically had these values and we brought those people into the room and said, hey, guys and gals, we want to clone you because you guys are amazing workers and here are the things that we thought of. And, and then we're like, what else are we missing? And suddenly you have this buy-in from like your top performing people and they're like, yeah, like I like this. What about this? Have we thought about this? And they're like collaborating with the owners mm -hmm. of the company about like how we're going to be setting the stage to build the company. And then as soon as we rolled them out, there was such buy-in from these high performing people that everyone knew were high performing that they, it wasn't like it wasn't top down and it didn't feel top down. And people mm -hmm. were like, OK, this is why we're here. And then we use that in the way that we recruit. So you talk about like copy and paste job postings we just we basically took all the values and we wrote like we had a site and we said this is what we stand for and like i know people this is just like lip service to some people but like you know trust us when you get in you'll see and like you know part of the hiring process is like a final call with me and like i get to know them they get to learn that i'm not in some ivory tower and like you know we walk the walk here and so um, these are behaviors we expect and it makes it easier if you're very very rigorous about it um you know, to let people go, um, to hire, to promote. Uh, but what we found was the most interesting is it attracted certain types of people. Yes. So I think that's the really key thing for us was like it drew certain people in and it, and it also other people, you know, kind of like pushed them away, which is okay. It's not everyone's going to jive with our values and that's okay. But this is who we are. And we had a good sense of that. It, but it, it, it took a few iterations. It wasn't overnight. Yeah, that, that so. process is important. And it's equal parts, you know, creepy and endearing to be like, we want to clone you. But there's something you have <laughs> yeah. to find that like that culture where where sometimes it's like, great, that sounds like some like self-help kumbaya. Great. We're going to all talk about our values, but like we have shit to do and we have food to get out. So, right. We go very quickly to the manual labor, to the body side of the equation, because we don't want to deal with with the emotional labor of trying to go through that process. Yet that that has to be the shift. Hospitality. Has that's to what we're start. trying to change, right? Yeah, that's what that's we're trying what we to change. Is, change is right? like is like the whole like body mentality. And I get it. We all want to make sales. Like I run a business too. Shit, I want to yeah. make sales. I want to I want to grow our business to be a massive company that can be super helpful and 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 have impact. But like, I can't do that with the right without the right people. Yep. <laughs> and there's all sorts of reasons why. You know, it's hard to find people and retain them. But um, I think that's been a, that's probably that's probably going to have to be a big focus for all of us in that the industry. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in the the mission story, having that mission statement, that value statement, those core values. I think is something really important. We haven't done enough of that in restaurants. So Marvin, I would love to see you like really spend some time and think about those values, like what you truly truly stand for. When when it when it's all going sideways, what is that emotional response that you're looking for out of yourself? out of your team and then take something you do really well. We do mock service pretty well in restaurants. We can run through scenario after scenario after scenario for the guest perspective, for the guest experience. We just need to internalize something that we do incredibly well. Mock service out what it's going to take to have the best experience. You're just utilizing yourself and your own team as the conduit for that versus externalizing it to the guest experience. So Marvin, I saw the wheels turning. Uh, thought, thought, thought <laughs> try not to interrupt. No, um, honestly, but here's the thing. We're in an industry of stories, right? And I think we lose that view. We, we, we want to make the plate look perfect. We want to do this. We want to do that. And in the end, what brings people back, whether it's employees or customers, 
is the story we tell the the and you talk about the buy-in with seven shifts you know there's that's part of your story now and these stories we tell and who we are and these values that we have are told through these stories why are we doing this why do we want to do this why do we want you here why do we want you to fit our values you know and it's all a story and in the end that's all we're doing is to our employees to our customers all we're doing is selling ourselves and if we're not telling the right story then we disappear we don't get written down in the history books then Mm. um so we have to have a compelling story and we have to have a story whether it's our values towards our customers our values towards our employees you know we need that buy-in without that buy-in they don't show back up that's that's it marvin you're gonna be all right (laughs) jordan i believe you're gonna be all right that that this is this is the paradigm shift that's been needed for so long uh that you're going to be at the forefront it's going to be hard people aren't going to get it they're not going to trust you they're going to think it's it's you know more we of the same trust issues now coming out of COVID, especially, we were Absolutely. forced to abandon our people yeah so i mean it's heartbreaking stay stay focused on on that part because as an industry i believe we have to stop selling food and start telling stories Absolutely. The food and look, the, the pizza better be damn good. That's the, that's just the barrier for I'm entry. Good about it. it better be damn good. And it looks really good. Yeah. Thank you. So yet it's the proof. The food is just the proof that you are who you say you are. Right. And continuously making sure that internally within yourself, your family, your community, your team, and, and your customer that that resonates time and time again. That's the that's the whole game. That's the business that you're in. That's well, you tripling down on that, which. Grateful like to Jordan hear. said, you getting your employees to buy in. I mean, if my line cook isn't bought into my story, they're just going to slap that pizza together, it. put it in the oven, and throw it out. They don't care what it looks like. They don't care, you know. And it's that stupid saying, "Oh, you know, it's made with love." That's not what it is. It's it's made with passion. It's that we care about what we're doing. And everybody, unfortunately, because we've ran for years without this, you know, it, like you said, that five to one, which is now probably ten to one. We still can't get ten people in the door at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, in that we need these people to buy in and that is selling ourselves as owners and managers and operators and if we can't do that then we're not going to adapt and we're not going to make this industry what it should be and we really have to sit down and look internally to do that because if we don't these external forces are going to crush us yeah marvin i thought uh jordan and i were here to inspire and motivate (laughs) you and give you some tools i feel very lucky yeah, I'm excited. I feel very lucky to have had this conversation. Uh, Jordan, any last thoughts? And then I'll have Marvin kind of take us out. Any, anything uh, for Marvin or or at large that uh, that uh, takeaway? Yeah, no, not 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 hugely other than uh, what we chatted about. But yeah, the the core values piece is really obviously important. I think you nailed it, Marvin. The stories part is just so, yeah. so key. So I uh, I couldn't agree more. It goes great, great, great chat. That's great. And Jordan, Marvin, we will connect you uh, as well because Marvin, Jordan just is is so good at taking one individual interaction like with you and turning it into a scalable technology. That's what we need more of for our industry, that it's coming from a human point of view, that the technology is just the conduit because we see so many tech companies that come in that are forcing a a perfect, beautiful technology solution onto a bunch of misfits that don't quite 
work like that. They don't quite communicate like that. So uh, connecting the two of you for sure, I know we'll have value on both sides. And uh, Marvin, a- any last thoughts from you? Excited? Uh, when's when's opening? When? Uh, well, we're behind schedule. Um, of course. I've never had a restaurant fight me the way this one has. Uh, yeah. We we thought that construction, everything was going to be easy coming out of COVID. And then, of course, everything has uh, completely flipped. Yep. Um, uh, so we're shooting for September, October. I was originally looking at April, so we're way behind. But Okay. We're going to uh, we're gonna keep track of you. Post some pictures, some updates. Tag at Besser Podcast. Tag at Seven Shifts. Uh, we're a part of this journey with you now. Awesome. Awesome, All right, Marvin. It's great meeting you. That was nice Jordan, meeting you. Thank Marvin, you. Marvin, you have a great uh, rest of your day. We'll let you guys go and appreciate you for being on. Thank you. Awesome. See you. Have a good day. All right, everybody. Uh, ah, great. Great, great, great. I knew just – I love finding – people through this pandemic, through the work that we do at Best Served. You know, I spend so much time on all kinds of different social media outlets and things, just looking for people who are just speaking, just thinking just a little bit differently. And uh, Marvin absolutely was one of those people. And clearly, you know, I uh, pat myself on the back, found a really good one just through the interwebs of social media and saying, we just, we need more voices. We need more leaders. Need more thinkers, and Marvin clearly is is taking responsibility and accountability for himself and and the way that he came up in the industry and now looking forward. So appreciate that. Appreciate Jordan as always. And Besser Podcast three hundred and twenty six new thinking on restaurant worker engagement through that entire employee life cycle. Workplaces worth working episode number thirteen. We got to build those equitable, profitable, sustainable models, and they have to be rooted in the relationships we build with ourselves and with our people. That's it. Appreciate all of you. I hope all of you are having a great day. And if not, reach out to somebody and show them some hospitality. It always helps me. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.